You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Here we are, it's the Oz Network. We are back and we are talking about Nip Tuck Season 2, Episode 14. Trudy and I first came out on the 21st of September 2004. And uh, this is a, a really fun episode, so looking forward to, to going through all of this. Um, and I'm Nick, and vaginal secretions are quite pungent. And my name is Ben, and this is me, sweetheart. I stink of stray pussy, I don't like movie nights, and I think about banging every girl I see. <laughs> so two, two um, vagina references in the first minute of this podcast. It wouldn't podcast. be an episode of Nip Tuck if we didn't have at least 300 vagina episodes in a, in a, or mentions in an episode more so. Yeah, 300 vagina episodes, that's, uh, wow. that's something else, that's, isn't it? Can yeah. we get involved yeah. in that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's called porn, and uh, we've been down that road before <laughs> as well. Hashtag um, reasons why Ben is single, people. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, we left we left the last episode on quite the cliffhanger, so looking forward to... What to happened in that episode, Nick? I can't remember. Uh, did something happen at the end of that last episode? Oh yeah, something to do with incest. It's, yeah, that's it's standard. Cool. Just mother and son start having sex, fair enough. Yeah, as as happens all the time. Yeah, Tasmania um, again, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's incest. It's a game a whole family can play. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, we actually don't. It's quite interesting because we don't start off there. We start off with uh, Christian and Natasha are having movie nights. So they're off to the DVD store. Is it, is it DVD store? Is it a video store at this point? I, I can't remember. Well, it's probably video. Um, it would be di- 2004. I mean, I think we're kind of in the, the transition more so towards DVD, but it looks as though they've got a lot more videos in that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's that kind of weird crossover moment, I suppose. So, um, yeah, and uh, anyway, um, Kristen leaves Natasha in the car, which seems a bit, a bit cruel, but uh, anyway, leaves her in the car. She's pretty well done up to considering that they're, they're just off to, to get some movies, do you reckon? Yeah, uh, and considering how much of a... Um plotline this episode has about you know appearances and whether it doesn't really matter um yeah i I find that very interesting too and like why doesn't she go in like with him like you know yeah why you've got you've got all this effort we later on find out that he doesn't even like doing these things um you know they're sitting around home oh honey what do you i mean they might have gone out for dinner first or something like that or you know who knows but it's kind of like oh let's call into the video store uh i'll just go in and i'll choose something for us to watch like i mean you're you're that age where you remember going to a video store, I'm sure that you've gone to video stores in the past with partners or friends or whatever that sort of stuff, and you you kind of working out what you want to watch that night. Like this is let's be honest, Nick, we miss these nights. They were fun times going to the video store, and not just clicking on Netflix and going, "Oh, what do you want to watch?" Like you actually had to make a decision in a store. People, it was fun, but um, like I would never go into a video store and have like my girlfriend in the car and just but I'll let me choose because. You know, there's going to be arguments as soon as you get back in the car. Like, oh, why did you get this? You know, like, I mean, she doesn't seem to be that picky as long as it doesn't have Val Kilmer in it. I mean, what's wrong with Val Kilmer? <laughs> yeah, and and of course we we get the whole thing of um, she he makes the very obvious question of like, why on earth would uh, you know why why would you want to do movie night? You can't see anything. Mm. Um, so I say that they actually clarify that because if they didn't, you and I would have picked that apart. So well done, Nip Tuck, on on preempting. Um, what two idiots would talk about in 13 years' time. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of them for that one. And this guy, uh, so his name is Nightmare. Uh, now, he's TJ, yeah. TJ Tyne, and what is, I'm looking, he Bones. That's what I, I mean, I don't watch Bones. Yes. But I know yes. he was like the, what is he, like the quirky little side guy, wasn't he? 
Um, and he's also in an episode of uh, 24 as well. I vaguely sort of remember him. He was in season four. I can't remember what point of that is, but I know he was in something else that I've seen. But, um, yeah, obviously most well-known for Bones, for all your Bones fans out there. But uh, I do like his little, you know, line like, avoid crossroads at all costs, you know, because <laughs> one. I like their little banter back and forth. Um, yeah, what, what does he say? Like, oh, what about this movie? He's like, oh, I've got to be there too. I like when he says, oh, what about Amelie? He just gives him that look. Whatever dude made me cry. And then last tango in Paris. What is it like? Oh, I love Brando. Dude, how are you going to explain the fact that now Brando's shoving a stick of butter up a butt? Uh, <laughs> just, I like their little banter back and forth. It's funny. Yeah, no, it's it's good. He's a, he's one of those little characters that just turns up and is it, it, you know is a lot of fun. But obviously, that you know the kind of big thing in this 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 whole scene is that um, Natasha kind of you know cranks the music up and she's dancing away in the car. And um, these guys basically take the the rims and the the chassis of this of this car, um, and she doesn't seem to notice a thing. I mean, this is just is not believable, right? No, not at all. And I mean, this is our weird timeline continuity era of Nip Tuck. Uh, I've looked this up, Nick. Captain and Tennille, love will keep us together. The song goes for three minutes and 25 seconds, people. Uh, now, in that <laughs> amount of time, can they really... Like, she's put that song on repeat, has she not? Um, because there is no way that, A, Christian's in there for three minutes and 25 seconds having that debate with Nightmare, uh, only to come out with bags a few seconds later. These guys have jacked the car up. They've stolen four wheels and rims. They've taken off the entire front spoiler section of this Mercedes, gotten in the van and driven off in three minutes and 25 Five seconds. I call bullshit. Well, isn't she still listening to the song she as well? Is. <laughs> like he's actually like Christian has also gone and, and ch- had this had this conversation with Nightmare and and got those videos. Uh, come out with a plastic bag that looks like he's bought porn in it, and <laughs> and and that's all happened within three minutes. It's no, it's, it's totally unbelievable. And the other thing too is that. Um, she she's done it all with a window down. Yeah. They they just put their hand in through the window. But the one thing I do like is that if, if Christian really wanted to follow this up, um, they've left their ass prints on the window. Yeah. So, you know, he should be able to follow through and, and find out who did it. Yeah, it's just... Um, and, like, $7,000 rims a piece? Like, holy shit! Um, but, like, uh, yeah, this just the whole bit where she's like, oh, I thought it was the bass. Like, okay, let's everybody get into a car, turn your music up really, really loud, even if you've got, like, a great subwoofer or something like that. Are you really not going to feel the fact that your car is, like, getting pumped up by a jack that, uh, you know, that we get, like, we've all changed tyres. Like, it, I mean, and even fucking Formula One pit crews couldn't be able to undo those cars, like, with those nuts and bolts and jacks and all that sort of stuff in that amount of time without making hardly any noise. I mean... I get the point of what they're trying to prove with this, but I mean, again, come on. Yeah, it's just a bit too much, really, eh? Mm. You'd yeah. have just gotten Britney Spears in Crossroads and then it would have been done with, like, you know, just walk in, Crossroads, please, come out, catch the yeah. two little shit, done. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess it's, um, you know, we've probably been a, a little bit ridiculous about this, but it's, it's setting up the whole, um, you know, that, that Christian's kind of getting sick of this this lovey-dovey relationship and thank god for that but yeah i mean it's um it's setting that up from the start in a really obvious way so yeah i mean it's it's a it's a bizarre well it's not a bizarre it was actually a really fun scene but it just yeah it stretches credibility beyond all belief so anyway we can move on past that and into our um our trudy nye character for the for the episode who you know wants to get a nose job here so she's the victim of domestic abuse so her husband beat her up, killed the baby, and then went to prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got uh, that 
laugh a minute this episode at the beginning isn't it um yes it is rather and i mean again like one of the things that i always applaud the show for is that um you know they don't stray away from the hard topics and you know and so you know it's definitely not something i'm ever going to critique the show on because i think that this this show goes places that a lot of shows um still wouldn't 13 years later so you know a, a lot of credit to them for that and you know they make it work so yeah, no, it's really good. I just was just making sure I was following exactly what's going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so that's the thing. So she wants to get her nose done. Um, so there's not at any point during this where she, she mentions that he's coming out of prison. That's not something. Uh, no, she, she does. She says that uh, in the opening bit, she says that he's due out next week. And she's kind of making the excuse of, you know, oh, I'm doing this to finally stand up to him. So, you know, that I'm not... Um, you know, controlled and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yes, yeah. This is the bit that sets off some some red flags to me because would these doctors do that if you know she'd spent all this time and then now she's doing it? Um, you know, well, like you would assume if they had a psychologist on staff, they might be able to possibly <laughs> uh, you know question this. But clearly, they they don't. They would never think of having a psychologist on staff. So um, they, they no, just obviously no. let her get away with it. So you know, no. Well, if they did, Christian would probably have sex with her in an office anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, wow, I mean, you could I, write the show yourself, Nick. That's a, that's an interesting storyline. I I didn't think yeah. that would ever happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this actress, um, like uh, Lisa Waltz, she's. From, I'm trying to look here at her roles. Nothing stands out here that I've seen her in. She, who does she look like? She looks like somebody else. Maybe that's where I'm thinking she's someone else. Yeah, it's it's kind of a familiar face, but yeah, it's not jumping out to me if she is. Mm. It's going to click at me at some point in this episode, but she's a great actress, wherever she is. Uh, yeah, Lisa yeah, is her name, but uh, yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's definitely someone she she reminds me of. Uh, you know who it is? She reminds me of Tina Fey. There it is. That just clicked. I told you it would click. Oh, yeah. Tina yep. Fey. Yep. There it is. Yep. No, I can see that. Definitely. Try getting that, that yep. out of your head now. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so we, we, you know, she's obviously going to be a bigger part of this episode, and we can kind of move on to get the resolution of, of parts anyway of, of what we saw at the end of last episode. So it's taken us almost ten minutes to kind of get there, which is kind of surprising, really. But um, um, yes, obviously we see Ava in, in front of the mirror, and then you know Adrian comes in and he's naked again. Um, so these two, you know, the, the implication here is that yes, they have had sex. I mean, we kind of left off where they were, you know, just just getting hot and heavy, but there was there was none of that kind of going on. Um, but so that that's kind of confirmed that much, and um, you know she she's kind of saying it was momentary weakness, and, and you know, Adrian's not happy about this whole thing. Um, God, this is creepy. It's it's very creepy, very very creepy. But I, I, like this is going to sound weird here. Just just bear with me the way I start this off. I really feel sorry for Adrian in this scene, not because it's like, hey, let's all sleep with our mums, but like it's just. She's used him in a very weak moment, and she just woke up this morning and be like, yeah, whatever, it is what it is. And clearly, like, he's madly in love with her. Um, so, you know, just got to got to put a bit of a Team Adrian up there for a moment, even though you know how much oh, I love totally, Ava. Yeah no. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you there. I think, you know, I do think that we should be seeing Adrian as a, as a tragic figure. Um, and, you know, it's maybe taken a little bit of time to get there, but as we kind of roll into the final few episodes, I think that that's definitely something that's going to come across. And... Um, you know, it's not even that Ava is really the villain. Um, I, you know, I think there are bigger things at play that's obviously going to going to come out in the last couple of episodes. But yeah, I think if you don't feel sorry for for Adrian here a little bit, I mean, as weird as the situation is, I think um, you definitely should kind of feel some empathy for him. There's there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's um, 
very well acted, uh, but, you know, uh, it's just, you really do feel bad for him at that point, and uh, it kind of unravels a lot with him more so in this episode before we sort of get to the conclusions of the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you're saying about how it's kind of taken like 10 minutes to get to this scene. I mean, it's like, how many people would have tuned into this week to be like, holy fuck, did they really fuck, you know, their mother and son, what's going on? <laughs> um, and, like, you know, it's it's clever. I mean, it really is clever, the fact that people would have tuned in in their droves to watch this. And like, oh, hurry up, hurry up, get to the plot line. And, of course, they get to this point and they're like, oh, but I want to find out what happened to poor Trudy. And, you know, I, I want to find out, you know, what happens to the, the $7,000 rims and if they watch Crossroads or not, you know. Like, so it's kind of, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's very cleverly done, I feel. Do you really think there's anybody who tuned into this and went, I really want to find out more about poor Trudy? <laughs> well, I mean, it's possible, I suppose. Well, I mean, but, like, um, in, in, you know, laughing aside, don't we shouldn't laugh at, obviously, the tragic character, but, I mean, it's kind of... I, I think it's it's got an interesting, heavily... Like, it, it feels out of place, the Trudy storyline, in a way. I think the whole theme of this episode is control, that people have control over another person. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's where the Trudy storyline fits into it. But I mean, if you kind of take it into the grand scheme of things in the context of what else is happening, it really doesn't fit into it except for that level of control. But, um, you know, it, it is kind of heated to the point where you know that obviously you've got this poor battered woman who's coming in to fix her nose and, you know, her husband's like, you know, this is going to happen in a way, like you yeah. realize her husband's going to come out and it's just, it's just terrible. Cause I mean, obviously this is something that happens in real life and, you know, all, Part, you know, abusive partnerships, and not all of them, I shouldn't say that, like in a lot of partnerships, you know. So I, I think it, it, there's a level there enough that you kind of want to see what's going to play out because it, it is setting it up, obviously, for, you know, something along those lines, I feel. Mm, yeah. Well, so anyway, we, we kind of move on and, and we get the... I kind of like we're kind of getting back to some of these lingering storylines that, are, you know, you can almost have forgotten about after last episode because they were just completely missing. And I, this, the one that we've got here is the, the Kimber-Sean relationship, which is still a bit of a weird combination. And um, that's obviously all coming to an end here. But you know, she wants to get her, her heart line fixed <laughs> on her hand. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's just, yeah, like, Sean's just kind of, do I pander to this complete idiot? Um <laughs> And, and and then you know, kind of Julia comes in with with the Zenith player, um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's it, it's kind of one of those things where you 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 kind of going back and, and you know, Sean's kind of thinking about oh, for all Julia's faults, at least she's not like a complete crazy person. And you know, Kimber's this complete crazy person, and what's he what's he going to do with her really? Props to Kelly Carlson. I mean, she just plays this character so well. I mean, you know, yeah, oh, she's brilliant. Yeah, she, she's, she's so, so good. Because the thing with Kimber, which is so great about her character, is the fact that she, like, everything she does like this is so believable. You know, I mean, she's just gone from this, you know, model wanting to be a 10 and, you know, becoming a porn star and just, like, everything else that she will go through in this entire season run. Uh, you know, yep. it's just, it's just so believable. Um, so again, props to Kelly, but it's just, it's just, it is kind of funny how you're saying like, you forget about this relationship with Kimber and, and Sean. It's like, you kind of forgot about the, the whole Natasha Christian one as well. So it's kind of, it just plays into it casually, uh, which I actually kind of like. It kind of works. Um, but yeah, Julia, we, we, you know, after our heavy Julia episode a couple of episodes ago, here she is. She was completely missing from the last episode. She was still in Dreamland. Um, but come on, come on, Nick. This guy, the Zenith coach, come on, who is this guy? 
You, you got you got to you got to be with me here. That is Brian Heidek. Is that not Brian okay, Heidek? Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I was yeah, no. So as soon as I see this guy, I'm like, this is this is the guy that looks like somebody. But um, yeah, no, I can definitely see that he is a Brian Heidek lookalike for as sure. As soon as yep, he came off. on screen, I get, I said this to you off air that I wanted to screenshot this. And if people don't know who we're talking about, look up season five winner of Survivor. To me, the greatest player of all time. We won't get into that. But like this guy yeah. looks exactly. This is Brian. I swear, this is Brian Heidek. <laughs> This is probably about the same time as, as um, Survivor Thailand was airing as well. It was about um, two years but, uh, after, if it was 2004, it would have been two years after Survivor Thailand, yep. Oh, really? That, that long? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, it's, yeah, totally, I'm, I'm with you there. Julia's day in the ice, man. Um, and he, yeah, he's so. sleazy like him, too. You look at it when he kind of first sees Kimba. <laughs> he kind of looks her up and down, and then, you know, like, oh, Zenith, like, I'm trying to get the inside. What a, what a stupid, I mean, I'm sure that's a thing, too. Um, but, like, yeah. oh, that is so Brian Heidek. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And uh, so, yeah, then we get into, you know, Kimber's, Kimber's kind of, uh, you know, getting getting what she wants in the bedroom so that she can get her, <laughs> her, heart, her heart line fixed. One of the things I kind of wanted to bring up, which I, I don't think we've ever discussed before, but um, um, Sean is definitely a doggy man, isn't he? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, look, that's an important discussion, discussion point. <laughs> just, just, just keep, keep that in mind because often that's the case with Sean. You know, what's funny is that like we talked last episode, I think we talked about angry, uh, Dylan Walsh. To me, Dylan Walsh having sex is always a bit awkward. It's kind of like watching your dad have sex. Like it's just, he doesn't, <laughs> he's that, I mean, he's a nice guy. You, you want to know him and he's a cool guy but like you just you kind of never want to see him have sex if you know what i mean like yeah whereas, whereas christian like you know he's lothario christian you know he's this that and everything else it's kind of like yeah okay christian's having sex cool we all want to see julian McMahon naked but like it's just kind of like it's just it's it's, it's not awkward but it's just a scene there like you know kelly carl again just i always look at these scenes and think about these two actors having to play this out the chemistry is there like i mean kelly carlson just the way she's there and clearly you know, she's used to manipulating men in that way with her body and her abilities. And as we obviously know with um, Kimber, she's obviously quite, uh, you know, good in that side of things because uh, what is uh, Christian's previously mentioned that she's the best uh, he's ever had. So, yeah, I do like how it ends, though, how, like, he's like, oh, I want to make love to you from behind. <laughs> and then yeah. the way, like, she kind of bends over and you've got that look on uh, Sean's face. He grabs her <laughs> and then it kind of fades to black. Like, it's very well edited. Just to, that look on her face, like, oh, it's, it's so kinda, well done. Well, Sean's kind of got the, like, the Scooby-Doo, the kind of horror, you yeah. know, like that kind of look on his face. <laughs> 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 Let's be honest, we're all having that face uh, if that was happening in front of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, for sure, it, it's a good one. And obviously then we um, kind of smash cut into um, um, uh, Christian. Sorry, I had a, had a momentary uh, block there. But, you know, so Christian and uh, Natasha doesn't have her eyes in. So we're kind of building up this whole thing that he's kind of getting a little bit sick of what's going on here. And uh, uh, to be fair, I can't blame him. It does look a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um, just, uh, just a little bit. Uh, sorry, I zoned out there for a second. I was, uh, trying to look at something there. What looks creepy? Sorry, uh, this is very intelligent of me. Uh, this is the, the eyes. Oh, the the eyes, right, okay, sorry. I was still thinking of, uh, Kimber bending over for some reason. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, so... And I think, uh, like, one of the things that kind of, that kind of, um, that kind of psyched me out here is that, like, as she's kind of coming up, you get this, like, this one quick scene, and it almost looks like she's she's going to have pubes in her teeth or something like that. Like, it just, like just where she's got hair, it's just like in a like in a weird place. So I was like, oh my god, they're going for that joke, and it's wow. not. But just you like, went there. That's what I thought uh... it was going to go. 
<laughs> I never can say I've ever watched this scene and thought, I wonder if she's going to have pubes in her, in her mouth. Um, you, you can't watch that just as she kind of like is just coming back up to him you, and tell me you don't see that. It's, I mean, the one thing I'll say, like, it's it's very well acted in the fact that, like, when she kind of gets up to put her eyes in, the way Christian's just kind of, like, laying there, you know, it's just so believable that this is just how these characters would be in bed, like, the next morning. But um, it's it's kind of one of these unique scenes. And this, I don't know if this sounds horrible, and please, I hope this doesn't sound horrible. But, like, you know, you know these the, the, these uh, scenes, like, you know, when they wake up the next morning and, you know, they, they still all look perfect with their makeup and all that sort of stuff. Like, you actually, at least Natasha, like, she actually looks like she's just woken up. <laughs> like, she doesn't, like, look glamorous if you know what i mean and that's trying to put that nice i'm not saying she looks terrible but she looks like she's just woken up so i think that's kind of one props i have there but i find it interesting that you know she's the one complaining that oh you know you said it was about what's on the inside and you know what does it matter what my eyes look like isn't she the one who went to them in the first place to get cosmetic surgery to make her eyes look better so that she could be more attractive to other people so like i mean is that not a bit hypocritical there natasha yeah, and I guess probably like the, the rebuttal to that is that you know she is you know basically she's trying to teach Christian that it's not just about what he sees, it's about what he feels, and and you know his his response is that what I what I see is what I feel, and and you know that is how it is. Um, yeah, and you know it, it's kind of a, a discussion that keeps going on because you know we we then move into the the next scene and it's um you know kind of the, the whole Kimber surgery scene. God, how many times has she had surgery on this thing already? Um, they're obviously yeah, not as busy as they claim to be if they can just always fit their face. <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Grubman got told off having addiction to surgery. I mean, for fuck's sake, she's getting lines on her hands done, okay? I, I think she's the one with addiction to plastic surgery. Well, I do like the other part, too, of that, um, you know, basically when they're in bed earlier on, she's like, can you can you do my hands in the morning? It's like, well, have you eaten tonight? You know, you know, you can't have any food before surgery. You know, no but, physical no, activity. That, I can't make love to you from behind. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, yeah. But anyway, and so, you know, basically these two guys, and I think it's like the, the dialogue that kind of goes on between the two of them is really cool, you know, and, and they're both kind of bitching about their, uh, you know, their relationship status and, and things like that, and I, I really enjoy that. It, it, it's quite cool. It's a good scene between these two guys. And one of the things I was thinking about during the last episode we were talking about is um, these guys have both got the kind of Tom Hardy effect going on, is that when they're doing these surgery scenes is that you, obviously all we can see is their eyes, and um, they do an amazing job of kind of conveying what's happening just through their eyes so you know either of these guys could have played bane um you know or anything like that you know that you know they, they do a really good job of just using their eyes during these surgery scenes to, to tell a lot of the story i really want them to redo this scene and kind of have sean go thank you for not judging me about this one and just like, have like the, <laughs> the bane yeah. mouth <laughs> yeah yeah so no it's, it's a really fun kind of interaction between those two guys and kind of basically we we get in the real gist of the scene is that both these guys are sick of the the relationship they're in um yeah and so you know that that's kind of a a key part of this episode and it's going to start t- i mean because to me this episode starts to tie up a few of the storylines that are not going to be important in the, the very end game of the season um so you know and, and the kind of relationship status of both these guys is, is not really hugely important to the end story so we're kind of wrapping them up in this episode and, kind of the closure um, episode yeah I, I would agree with yeah, that. yeah I think so. it's, it's kind of like this whole this whole season kind of finishes really over two episodes but this it's kind of like two and a half episodes because there's, there's things that kind of close out in this this one as well um but yeah then we move into you know julia's having a bit of a uh, it's obviously not Zenith because Brian Hardick's not there. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, blinking you miss Brian Hardick. That's the, the end of him. Like, you know, yeah. he was a worthy side character. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But um, obviously, uh, she, she's got another tennis partner and she's got Adrian and, and he kind of basically, uh, 
kind of spills the, the, the spills his guts about the whole um, Ava situation, which is totally weird. I mean, this is the whole thing about this guy. Is he just drops information just, you know, on the random all the time. I just, like, I get why this scene is there. I just feel they should have done it differently. Like, how does he know she's playing tennis there? Like, like, where does this come from? It just seems very forced to me. Like, could they not have done this differently? Like, Julia shows up to see if Matt's there, and but he's there instead or something. I don't know. Like, I just, out of the blue, there's there's Adrian playing tennis. Um, I love the uh, dated Anna Kornikova reference because, you know, she was the only tennis player people knew in the early 2000s. And yeah. again, did nothing in the sport. But, um, you know, she was good to look at. Uh, is it just me? Or whenever tennis is on, like, a movie or TV shows, tennis always looks incredibly awkward. Like, it never looks like a sport that the actors like there are certain sports that actors will do that you can kind of get away with because you know you don't need to do it but to me tennis is always one of those sports on tv shows and movies it just really looks awkward awkwardly done i don't know maybe that's just me i just always find it tennis yeah i think so because it's kind of not one that you can you can have dialogue while it's happening you know like if somebody's running or you know they're throwing a football about you can kind of have dialogue going on but you've got to it's kind of it's a bit forced because you've got to stop and wait for them to serve and you know like yeah so it definitely doesn't serve a, a good purpose if you're trying to have discussions and dialogue it's, it's, you know, yeah and it's because you've always got to focus on them individually don't you it's kind of like yeah not like a football game we can have a bunch of them on the screen throwing and tackling and basketball and this sort of stuff whereas yeah. like because it's the the, the courts a certain size and you kind of always got to focus on them individually so i don't know it's just something i've always noticed with when it comes to tennis on screen but i, I do like what's adrian what does he say like um oh, the last time i went down on her the lights were off my mum has shame issues like it was just so creepy yeah. Uh, and that's obviously the point of it. Um, but I, I also like it when he says, like, oh, I just felt the need to hit something. And she, like, returns the ball back. And I really feel like I need to hit something too. <laughs> just the way she says that. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, the thing is with, like, this whole sequence and, like, how as you were saying, like, he just creepily drops stuff. Like, would you believe... I mean, I guess you would believe him because, I mean, I guess, you know, he was right before about the fact that, you know, he, um, Matt and Ava are having sex with each other. So, like... It's kind of like everything, that, although he's a bit creepy and overshares, it's not like everything he hasn't said in the past is actually true. So, yeah, I mean, can you just imagine that conversation? You're just chatting to a friend of yours and all of a sudden they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, me and my mum did this. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, and it kind of like you don't really get the, the really solid reaction. It kind of cuts at that scene. Um, so you really don't get that. I mean, it, uh, you know, we're going to expand on it as we go forwards, but it's interesting, interesting kind of editing choice that we don't really get a strong reaction for other than the kind of look we don't get any we don't really get much dialogue from from julia after that which is mm. yeah, an interesting choice to make um but what we do move into is the so trudy so sorry stan i always I, I never remember this guy's name but yeah stan no he's out of prison and and um you know he is uh, wanting to get some surgery to to look slightly different yeah, one thing, just a side thing, you you uh, noticed the different coloured um, scrubs that they yep. were wearing in surgery. Just pay attention to whenever Christian and Sean are sitting behind the desk. I swear they always swap sides. You would assume they would have their own side, but like... Yeah, it's interesting that. It's a, they're like a couple in a bed, but they don't they don't have a side. It's, yeah. yeah, it isn't. Yep. Yep. I would just assume. It's just a weird little thing that uh, I just picked up on this scene. Um, 
yeah, obviously he wants uh, the Trudy's gotten back with him, um, and you know it's again the tragic case of you know just the domestic abuse sort of relationships like this. You know, oh, he's changed. He's not this. He's a different person. And um, I, I do love Christian's just reaction here. You know, Julian McMahon's acting strong, and I just love his little one-liners when he's like, "Oh yes, it is hard out there, isn't it, for child murderers?" Um, you know, just well, I think um, it's funny. You kind of forget as well as that. You know, if if you're not watching the show in a, in a you know in a short space of time. Um, like maybe we are, you, you kind of forget that there's this whole backstory with Christian where, you know, he was abused by his father and, and yeah. things like that, which you, you kind of forget that stuff. And um, so, you know, Christian's probably going to have quite a strong reaction to this to the point where, you know, I, I would think that he would almost be bordering on unprofessional to even take this case, you know, even even having to consult because he's got personal issues that make it a bit of a conflict of interest. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, there's some of the little things that are said here, though, that I, again, I just... I have to question, so like, obviously, you know, it must have been a high-profile case in the media because it's kind of like everywhere we go, people are, like, shunning us and all this sort of stuff, you know, we can't leave the house. Um, it's like, well, surely if you've walked into a surgery there, like, again, it shows how crap the receptionists are, uh, you know, just walk on in. Um, but then, like, the way she says, like, oh, since I've had my nose done, no one recognises me. Really? You, like, like, change your appearance that much? I mean, yeah. you've got bruises all over your face because you've had this surgery done, but, I mean, surely, like, people go, oh, you look like that woman whose, like, husband did that, but you've got bruises on your nose. Oh, but it can't be you because you look completely different. Um, they haven't had a facial transplant. You know, Meryl didn't get involved. So, um, yeah, I don't know, just some random little thing I want to nitpick there. But I, I, other than that, I think it's, like, uh, very well acted. Like, as you said, it's kind of you forget about this sort of side of things. And it's, it's kind of interesting how he's so open to just, you know, as, as a victim of child abuse myself. Like, I mean, it's kind of like season one, it was like a big taboo subject. Now all of a sudden it's just like, hey, everyone, I was abused. You know, like, I yeah. don't know, maybe not to that extent, but yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it, it's, as you say, really well acted. And I think, again, one of the things I really pick up on with these two is that it's, it's almost the non-verbal acting that I really like with these two because you kind of get that whole real confrontation, which is just all in the eye contact between um, this guy, I always want to call him Bill because he's Nye, Bill Nye, but um, Stan and um, and and Christian, Bill and Nye, to, the murderer guy, yeah, and Christian kind of basically, you know, says, "No, nah, it's not happening. I'm I'm not having any part of this," and gives him the real stare down, and he walks out, and then you kind of get the look from from Sean, which is a slightly different look, which is. It's kind of a hard read to look as basically, yeah, I agree with my partner, but it's not the kind of angry look. It's just so much is done just within those eyes. It is really, really um, well done. Um, yeah. And you know, so obviously we get um, we, we go into some some, <laughs> some kind of fun scenes here, I guess, where, you know, um, Kimber comes in to have her stitches taken out. Sean's busy, so, so Christian's going to do it. And, you know, one thing leads to another, as it does with Christian and Kimber. And... Uh, <laughs> mm. um, Sean walks in on the, the two of them banging in the in the office. Yeah. Uh, one thing I need to point out here, Christian pulls off a pink shirt like no other man can. Uh, that looks amazing. <laughs> We're always talking about his fashion sense. But, well, I don't uh, even think it's just the pink shirt. It's the pink shirt with the kind of blue doctor's overcoat that he manages to pull off. It looks off. awesome. I yeah, just, how, yeah. How does he do that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, again, the chemistry here between Kimber and Christian, as always, is is intense. Uh, you know, as we've always said, it's kind of like always the underlying love story about how Kimber's sort of Christian's always number one. It's always going to be something there, no matter what happens between the two. Um, I, I, you know, we got an Annie reference. We didn't get an Annie scene, but uh, Annie and I get along so well. Well, why don't we see that? Uh- <laughs> 
because she's see... a she's a prop that she's used when it's valuable. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I swear the scout. There's one scalpel in this entire show that would get more seen than any. Uh, yeah, like they'd probably use the same prop of scalpel in every single surgery scene. Um, but you know, I just I like it kind of like how they're talking about. Oh, we had fun together, and they're talking about all the little memories that they had. And then obviously Kimber just like gets in and like, is it just me or is that really weird sex? Like he's like sitting on the chair. <laughs> She's, like, on top of them, but it looks like her legs are... Cl- like, I mean, okay, cool, I'm sure that's an actual sex position. It's not one I've ever done, but, like, I mean, it just it just doesn't look like that would be a fun sex position. Just so you to ha- point you that out. So you haven't ticked that one off the wall chart yet? Not yet. I might be my next one. Like, you know, Tinder match yep. tomorrow night. Oh, by the way, do you want to watch this episode of Nip Tuck? We can try this. <laughs> oh, what, the mother and son's having sex? No, fast forward. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is pretty awkward, but uh, I do love the line, you know, when Sean walks in and he's not, he's not even really that angry, just like, I share my son with you, I'm not going to share my girlfriend. It's, it's just like, it's so well done. Really, I, I right? like the line when she says, it's just sex, it doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah. well, yeah, if that was the excuse for everybody who's cheated, then yeah, everyone would just go on off have sex behind your partner's back. Oh, honey, yeah, no, it's just a facial, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, it's just sex, it doesn't mean anything. Kind of doesn't really fit into the same category there, Kimber, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like I just kind of like the way they kind of like swivel around in the yeah. chair. As well. like it's just like they're both gonna kind of like move. There were some bloopers there. There had to be some bloopers in that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's really good. It's so funny. Yeah, uh, I mean, I uh, probably jumping ahead here, but the scene when kind of like Sean's like, "Oh, um, it worked. Thank you." Um, and I love like Christian's line. She pulled my dick out, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just love how Kristen's just like so upfront about the fact that he's got no self control. Yeah, you know, it's just so brilliant. But yeah, I it must do be like so the hard thing. being such an attractive man where you just go women. Oh, coffee. Oh, pull my dick out. Oh, it's such a hard life. Boo, yeah. fucking who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's really good. And you know, I um, I, I just like the whole thing where Sean's kind of like, well, you know, it's done me a favor because you know I don't have to break up with her now. Um, you know, so it's. You know, he's pretty philosophical about the whole thing, and I think it probably matches. You know, this is this is the end of the whole Sean Kimber thing, and you know, it was fun while it lasted, but um, you know, it's not going to be leaving a, a lasting impression on the show. No, we never assumed that um, they were going to end up, and let's be honest, they need to leave room for Kimber to have sex with more family members from the McNamara and Troys. So, um... <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's got a very small uh, um, sex pool, really, hasn't she? Seems yeah. to like, go back well as as it would be. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm not really sure there's too much more we can get to um, with this scene. It's uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think um, we're now moving into. What is one of the the biggest scenes of this whole season? I think um, I don't know if you, that might be a little bit overblown, but I think this whole this whole next bit with you know the, the Ava and, and Sean and, and Julia and all that kind of stuff and Matt, I think that it's just it's such a critical part of, of kind of what happens um, you know for the rest of the season, and I think it's all just so well done, really. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think when we get to our recap episode at the end of this season and we're talking about, um, you know, what can and can't be included in our top five, I mean, there's obviously some standouts for sure. Uh, but this season, I think, is going to be harder than the last because, I mean, this this is definitely a scene which you could argue could be up there. Um, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's very important. Uh, incredibly well acted. Um, and just particularly the Adrian Ava stuff, just, you know, when he drops the word incest and, you know, a word so evil and dark as incest, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Even as I think from a television's perspective, to use that word is pretty confronting. You know what I mean. Um, so I think it's it's very, very well done. 
Um, and it's kind of this big reveal that obviously he's adopted. So it kind of takes away the creepy level a little bit. You're like, oh, okay, fair enough. You know, technically not biological. It's okay. Um, but I mean, it's still, you know, um, but well, then you, it's not you, really because he didn't, he didn't know that while it was happening. Well, you know, so, true, true. You know, I think, um, yeah, from his perspective, it, it doesn't really, but, but, but when it comes down to big reveals and not knowing certain aspects, it kind of comes a bit of a trope with Ava. Cause obviously we've got still more to come. Not trying to spoil yeah. it there, but, um, yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of, it's interesting, though, like, with Ava, the, the disturbing stuff I think I find a little bit more here with this whole scene is the fact that he admits that they had sex when he was 12. So, it's kind of like, oh, okay, so she really is a pedophile. Um, it's kind of like, it was it was a little side thing before about how, obviously, you know, it's just like, Matt's 17, okay, a bit of an age gap, but fair enough, legal age. She had sex with a 12-year-old, so, okay, we'll just gel over the childness of that section. Um, the, the only... The only bit that I kind of question about this whole thing is why does Matt get so hung up over the fact that she lied to him about him being adopted? Like, is that really something to get as upset as Matt does about? I don't know. Is that just me? Because, I mean, I I realise it's a lie. But, I mean, you know, I think it would have been a more of a thing of... Because she doesn't over-defend the fact that he's claiming that they had sex. So it's kind of like... Really? Is that something you want to get that hung up over? I can't believe you lied to me that he was adopted. That changes everything. Well, if anything, it's probably a, makes it a little bit better. It's like, oh, actually, you never push someone out of your vagina. Cool. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just my thought process. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think probably the whole thing is it's just like Matt has just kind of realised that, you know, this this isn't this isn't a healthy thing to be involved in, really, you know. And um, it's just that whole thing of, you know, it, it's probably more a case of this is the straw that kind of breaks it for me and yeah it's it's a hard one i I, I definitely see what you're saying as well um yeah it's god this whole thing is just so well acted and you know just going back to your earlier point about and you know could we consider putting this in the top five and i think if we're not at least considering it then we're probably not really paying attention because this is definitely just a it's a really well acted scene and i think what is really impressive about it is you know like some of the other scenes that we've had on the show and in the season that have been really good have been one person you know two people you know one-on-one kind of acting which is really impressive but you've got five people here um, all kind of sharing the screen in these kind of amazing scenes, and you know, I know that Sean and Julia are a little bit kind of, you know, they're bystanders after the, you know, the initial kind of start of the scene. Um, but yeah, it is really impressive to kind of have all these elements happening at the same time. I think it's just really well done. Yeah, no, I completely agree with everything that you said there. Yeah, and, and you know, it's 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 really cool as well because I think there isn't a bad actor in this lot, you know, and that's the thing that's really impressive as well. There's nobody that's kind of being carried on the scene everybody does it really well um you know go back to the kind of famica jansen thing that we you know we think she's amazing and i think this is probably her so far at least anyway her finest scene in this whole thing because she kind of moves from that the typical ava you know kind of cocky and arrogant um kind of person that she is at the start of the scene and you know then we get the full kind of breakdown later in the scene it's just you know the full range of emotions is just it's really impressive yeah, and then the the Ava breakdown scene. So I just want to give her a hug. I mean, come on, she's laying there crying. Poor thing. I know I'm probably jumping ahead there because we've got a bit of a scene between that. But um, yeah, poor poor Ava. Yeah, well, it's just one of those things. I mean, we can just talk talk in circles all we want, but you know, we're, the the basic point here is that it's a it's an amazing scene, really, um, and you know, just so much kind of important information is outlaid here. So obviously, I think we walk away from this and. 
you know, I, I, I think if, if anybody's leaving this thinking that Adrian's been lying about, you know, the two of them have been having this relationship, then it, it, it's kind of hard because he sells it so well, you know. And Yeah, she, as I said before, she doesn't really over-defend it, does she? You know, I mean, she starts off with the slap, but, I mean, it kind of, she does, you know, a, a classic moment there with any kind of, like, trying to avoid talking about something. Oh, let's just bring up something even more deeper so we just ignore the fact that, hey, we actually were having sex. So it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I just, I just think everybody acts this so well. And again, I go back to that kind of, you know, that non-verbal acting. I think um, John Hensley has a really good scene here where he kind of just sells the whole thing without really saying anything. Um, yeah, I think probably just, you know, the, the last couple of episodes with with him, he's starting to really become a, a, a good character that you you really appreciate. And I think, you know, that kind of hashtag Paul Matt thing that we keep talking about. I think this is one where you really do get it. Um, and um, I have to say, I'm going to miss this this character because this is really the, the start of the turn, isn't it, for, for Matt, is that this is where things are going to start to unravel for him and there's kind of no coming back. Yeah, that, you're right. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of... It, it Realise what we've had with Matt and realise it probably, yeah, as you said, from this point on, it's kind of... It's hashtag poor Matt pretty much from this point on. I mean, um, yeah. he really... I, I I struggle to think of anything from this moment forward, which is a majority his decision that makes him poor Matt. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these times we're up to this point where it's kind of like, okay, you can see you know, he kind of ran over someone that was stoned and, you know, and, and covered it up. It's sort of, you know, that's poor Matt to a point, but not really. Whereas I really feel for most poor, I mean, there are definitely a few little exceptions I can think of, but I mean, they still then turn into poor Matt, basically, from this point on. So, really, from this point on, Matt is going to have a shit of a time, even more so than he's already having right now, uh, with only a few very small glimmers of happiness. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it just goes off the rails big time. And, um, yeah, there's not a, lot, not a lot of happiness. He's a bit of a, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, he's a bit of a Jesse Pinkman in this whole thing. You know, he kind of gets dragged through all kinds of hell. Um and he's never really the kind of focus of the attention. He just kind of gets gets dragged through it the whole way through. Doesn't um, quite say the word bitch as much, but, you know. No, not quite as much. Um, yeah, uh, but probably takes just as much drugs. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really crazy scene, and I think kind of, um, with exception to the, the probably the next, the next scene we're going to have is that I kind of feel like we're now in kind of full-on racing towards the finish line of the season um, because... Obviously, the Ava stuff is going to be a major part of how the season ends, and this is kind of the start of it, really. You know, like we've been building, 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 and this is kind of the moment where things are just all kind of coming out in the open now, and and you know, we're going to race to a conclusion in the next couple of episodes. So, this is kind of the beginning of the end, I think, for the season. Um, and um, I think there's just one more little storyline that needs to be put to bed before we can get there, which is actually the next scene. So. Um, it, it, it's quite interesting now that you know when I think about it in that way that maybe the scene between Christian and Natasha could have been next. I don't think it really matters, but it's it's interesting that we kind of um, we kind of go back to to finish the storyline off, and and obviously we kind of get to the, the whole thing about this is that he's at home, she comes home, um, and 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 basically she's you know because she's this kind of bloodhound that can that can smell anything, she can smell that. Um, yeah, as I as my opening line alluded to, you know, vaginal secretions are quite pungent, and she can smell Kimber on him, um, and you know he's deliberately um, left that smell on him, I guess, so that um, so that she can she can smell it, and we kind of get into this real fight where, and it's it's a really sad scene, you know, where basically Christians, you know, 
cutting it short is that, you know, Christian saying I'm an asshole and um, I don't want to be with somebody that I have to be nice with. Um, you know, it's really sad. And, um, yeah, you can't help but feel terrible for Natasha in this whole scene. Oh, for sure. I, I, I don't think there's anything we can defend Christian here on. Uh, you know, this is real dick Christian moment. And, you know, we talk about him a lot of the time. And a lot of these dick moves, generally, you can find something to slightly defend him on or reasons behind and all that sort of stuff. And there's just really not... I mean, yeah, you can't help but feel for Natasha here at all. I mean, that that brings the feels to me. Like, it's just... It's very to the point. And, I, I mean, I do I do like the line there from Christian when she knocks over the glass and he's like, oh, I'm going to start billing you. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, starts off the, the real dickness there. And she's just this sweet character who obviously, you know, is basically willing to, um, you know, forgive him. I mean, her and, her and Kimber would get along very well. It's just sex. It doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah. You know, because she's straight away like, you didn't love her, so that's fine. Um, but just, I mean, I will say, you can't defend Christian, but you can definitely, the acting from Julian McMahon, just the way he's like, I cheated on you. Just like, you know, and then the way he's like, I just, your superhuman scent, your scary eyes. Like, yeah. Oh, it's well, just... I, I, I think this is, like you said, you can't really defend Christian here, and I totally agree with that. But I think the one thing you can potentially say for this scene is that um, he's he's shown self-awareness. He knows who he is, and he can't be in this relationship with somebody where he has to be nice. And, you know, he doesn't want that for himself. He, he wants to be able to go out and have fun. And, 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 you know, it's just it's too much for him trying to, you know, basically support somebody and be in a serious relationship with somebody that's got a disability. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible scene, but the one thing is, yeah, that Christian knows that about himself. And, you know, I think the moment that kind of totally sells me this whole thing is that is actually the scene where she leaves and she's kind of, you know, oh. putting together the walking stick and kind of like yeah. bustling past him. And, you know, it's just, oh, God, it's horrible to watch, but it's it feels very true to the character. You know, that's what I really like about it is that, For sure. you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of left and, you know, it, it doesn't feel fake at all it feels very much that's who that's who he is and i think we've all we've all been there we've all uh been on the side of it we're kind of like obviously natasha's so into him and he's just really not into her anymore and it's kind of you know it's brutal the way he rips into her and it kind of you know again if most of us have been there we feel kind of really bad for natasha there because we've been on that end of it maybe not to the extent of someone yelling at us saying they're going to bill us but um i mean i know i have clearly but um <laughs> i just break everything whenever i go around a person's house but um yeah, it, it's. I think at the end of that, it's just so well acted, and again, it's just really um, the complexity of Christian because you know, for all his niceness and all that sort of stuff, this is him deep down. He does have niceness about him when it comes to certain characters, but I mean, he's just so complex in the fact that clearly that side of him, he he just wasn't into Natasha enough that he could have that vulnerable side where he's going to be nice. At say, you'll see him be with him, even with Gina. You think about like when he was with Gina when they were having the baby. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, as much as they kind of bounce off each other, you still felt that there was something within Christian that he actually genuinely cared for Gina and I'm not saying he never genuinely cared for Natasha because I definitely think he did but I just think it was a case of you know he's not a guy that particularly at this point in the show is ready to settle down unless it was say Julia you know what I mean so and obviously that's kind of been um, you know erased now in terms of that storyline but uh I mean, it's it's thoroughly well acted. You feel sorry for Natasha. There is a uh, brief cameo from Natasha in a future season. Don't know if you remember that episode. Uh, no, but I never remember these things. Well, it's I, I will say, like, it sounds like a weird thing to bring up, thinking, like, well, why the hell does she come back? It's a beautifully done scene. It's very, very well done in terms of, like, again, it's a long way away. When we get to it, you'll know, you know how I will refer it to, but it's, it's very cleverly Ryan Murphy-esque done the way they will bring her back for a very fleeting cameo at one point in the future, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's um, it, it feels like it kind of caps off the storyline really well, um, and it kind of moves us into the, the final couple of episodes of the season. So, yeah, I think it was really well done. It's really powerful. And again, I think this is one, uh, you know, I don't think this is going to make our top five, but it, I think it's worth the discussion um, because I, I really do think it's a, it's a well done, you know, scene from both these these actors. So, yeah, really, really powerful stuff. Hard to watch, but um, yeah, def- definitely worth watching, I think. Um, so then we move on, uh, you know, Matt's return to drop off his key, pick up his stuff from Ava's place, and we find out that Adrian's run away. Um, and um, what I really like about this scene is that we kind of get, you know, we've seen so much, and I think probably where you and I differ on the Ava thing is that I probably don't, haven't enjoyed the kind of, the, the smarmy side of, of Ava, you know, when she's in full power mode. I, that part of, of her I haven't enjoyed all that much. But this one here, she, she feels real vulnerable. And I think that, that seeing that different side of her is, is quite powerful. And, you know, seeing her as however old she's supposed to be as this kind of vulnerable kind of woman. And, you know, this, Matt's this young kid, but he's the strong one in this scene. Is, you know, I think it's really good. It's, it's, it's well done. I don't know what you think about it. Um. I mean, I, I, I think it is very... Like, I mean, it's kind of... I feel like you think this point is a point where Matt is finally going to be like, I've had enough. No, I'm... Because it really does seem that way, doesn't it? And I think kind of we got a vibe of that in the last episode when he was off um, with with Sean in the in the doctor's surgery and kind of, you know, you just felt there was like little urges there where finally Matt will be getting, you know, away from this. But obviously her manipulative nature and just how she is and obviously, you know, he's so in love with her and she's so in love with, like, just, you know, obviously falls straight back into her arms. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's deep in terms of the fact that just that scene when she's there on the bed crying, what does she say? Like, oh, it's rude not to return a hundred phone calls. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just the way it's sort of done. But, um, again, you just, for Matt at this point, he's, he's just trapped. And again, we've all been there. You kind of, you're trapped with this person where it's kind of like, you find like, yeah, okay, I'm going to move on. Yep. Oh shit. They want to make out with me, have sex with me. Oh damn. Okay. Maybe one more time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of just. You, you feel for Matt. You really do. And kind of going back to it was... What's he yeah. going to do when she shoves her finger in his mouth? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, if anybody... If Frank Jansen walked up to anybody and shoved a finger in you're going to have to have sex with her. It's just... It's the rule of the law, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, then we get back to the, the doctor's uh, surgery and uh, um, Trudy's back and she's, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, falling down the stairs. Um, and not only that, she's, she's pregnant as well. Um, so, this mm. is... Yeah, it's not not a great way to end this episode. Well, almost end this episode, really. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think they do a really good job of this. You know that this this whole idea of domestic violence is something that is kind of swept under the rug um, in society a little bit. And I think they do a really good job of, of of kind of going through with this. And you know, I don't know what you think about the decision to actually do the surgery, um, but yeah, I think it's it's really interesting to me. I think it's it's pretty well done. Again, it's just the overall theme of this episode, isn't it, about people with control and being trapped, I guess. Um, you know, and I think we kind of just mentioned that with Matt being trapped with Ava. She's, you know, clearly trapped with Stan. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's tragic. I mean, it's this is, again, kind of you said before about how they're not afraid to, to step into the heavy topics. And, I mean, this is this is a tragic part of life that there are people in these situations. You know, they're abused by their you know their partners it's it's obviously not always men abusing women it's sometimes women abusing men it's men abusing men it's it's, it's there it's it's domestic violence is out there sadly um and it's just kind of you just it's it's tragic and particularly the whole pregnancy side of things you know i mean it's just it's such a tragic storyline and um again it just brings the feels doesn't it it just it's like wow but yeah it's just it's interesting kind of how you're saying like they go through the surgery but i mean 
this is one of those ones, though, that, again, you maybe do you, do you read into it just a little bit in terms of that, should they not go to the police about this? Um, I don't know. Psychologists involved there, maybe there might be some uh, certain things, but I don't know. Yeah. It just Do you not feel that they would... Again, I know this is kind of like a side plot line to kind of go into this whole control level, but, I mean, if there was more focus on this, you kind of do feel like perhaps they would go to the cops or something a little bit about this, wouldn't you? Or at least yeah, report it. So. Yeah, yeah. I think so, and I think it's probably one of those things where, you know, um, we're hidden on a, on a sensitive topic, and maybe we still don't really know how to deal with it, but, you know, I, I, I kind of appreciate that they're going there, but maybe they don't quite stick the landing in terms of how to do it. So now, one, one thing I will say is that the surgery scene is actually quite graphic, you know, when they're doing that. I think they probably haven't done a good nose job scene before, so this is probably the first one we're getting where we see the, you know, the really full-on kind of um, rhinoplasty type thing as well. It's um, Yeah, it's, it's pretty graphic. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's, I do like this, um, like the music. We haven't talked too much about the music in this episode, but like the sad song that we've got going in the background. But I do kind of like the way they close this episode off. And I like Sean's line there when he's like, Oh, when was the last time that you and I were both like eligible bachelors who were single? You know, like, what does he say? Like, come over and I hit the town or come over this. I'm, you know, come over and watch a Marlins game. Um, yeah, but yeah. it's, I mean, clearly they're into it. But, um, yeah. And then obviously the, the little throwaway line that, Christian's back with Kimber. Um, so it's like, oh. I love how, like, Christian's basically like, I'll blow her off and you can bang her. Is that not a little bit awkward? <laughs> like, it's like, what? I, I realised kind of they got this weird... But was that line when he said, like, oh, I can share my son with you. I won't share my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but then we obviously get the throwaway bit where, you know, Julia... Clearly, this is the part of this show where... Sean's gotten over his hatred of Julia. You know, he realises that if she's dating Brian Heideck, you know, clearly I've got to get my game up, you know, because the guy used to be a porn star. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, we're now starting to slowly seep into Sean wants Julia again. uh, And again, let's be honest, this is going to be a recurring thing. I think we've already mentioned it's like Sean and Julia break up, Sean and Julia get back together, Sean and Julia break up, Sean and Julia get back together. You know, they are the Ross and Rachel of Nip Tuck. They are, yeah, yeah. Except yeah, it doesn't um, necessarily end the same way, but we won't get to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure that um, that um, breaking the news that he's going on a date with with Kimber during surgery is maybe the best timing. Um, but obviously, these two have got a bit of an understanding, and, and you know, most most guys probably don't have that same level of thing with their best mate. But um, yeah, and you know, the whole thing kind of ends on. We we kind of haven't done a lot of the, the talking about Sean's feelings about Julia, um, but you know the whole thing kind of ends on Julia's not available type of thing, and it's it's quite an interesting way to end this episode. Um, you know that this this kind of lingering feelings that Sean's got there, which is we've come a long way in quite a short amount of time. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we're finding out about the whole um, Matt father thing, and that seems to have happened quite quickly. Um, you know, it's probably only what three or four episodes ago, to be honest, that we're kind of talking that stuff through. So it is a it is a fast turnaround on on Sean still having feelings for somebody that you know cheated on him and didn't tell him that you know he wasn't the father of his kid. You know, to me, I feel like that would probably take a little bit more time than we're kind of being led to believe here. Um, but it's probably a minor deal. I don't think that's something we need to, to, to get too caught up in. Well, I mean, it's kind of even that line earlier when uh, we kind of gelled over it when uh, he was in the car with Julie just before they went into Ava's house. And the way he was like, oh, I'm so sorry that I was, uh, you know, short with uh, Brian Heideck before, whatever his name is. Um, you know, and it's kind of like, well, why is he a pot? Like, again, two episodes ago when she's, like, dying and going through glass windows, he's being such a dick to her. And like, does it? Is, I mean, is it just because she nearly died on the table or whatever that that's kind of when all of a sudden he's just clicked? I mean, uh, he, he's very forgiving. 
nitpicking, Sean. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I'm not like I don't really want to nitpick because I think the whole storyline is great. How it's kind of gotten to this point, and clearly, you know, there has to become a level of forgiveness. He can't hate her the whole time, but I mean, it's. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, I guess it is just that general TV trope about conflict between characters. You know, the the love. You know, the will they, won't they? It's kind of like there's always ones available when the others not, and then the other becomes available. Oh no, the other one's not. You know, I mean, I, I use the Ross and Rachel example. I mean, the classic one, of course, that was all of season one of Friends. You know, Ross pining over Rachel, then finally he works up the courage to tell. Oh no, she finally basically realizes she wants to be with him. But oh no, he comes back from China with Julie. So. um yeah, stupid Julie. We had Julie. Anyway, hi to all our friends fans out there. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my my friends' knowledge is a little bit. It's even rustier than my nip tuck knowledge. So, um, it's probably yeah, even I- better than my nip tuck knowledge, and that's saying <laughs> something. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's probably it for this episode. I mean, um, it, it, it's a, a little bit of a tying loose ends together type episode, but um, I'll, I'll let you rate it first. I mean, is it a, is it a buy, a rent, or a bin from your perspective? Look, I think it's better than the last episode for sure, but it's still, look, it's a good episode, but I, I think kind of if we're rating it on the grand scheme of things, I mean, do I really put this in a buy it category like I did with Julia McNamara two episodes ago? And I don't think I can. I mean, it's a high rent for me. It's a very high rent. I think it's got enough in here to, to make it worthy of a nearly buy. But, um, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know if it's strong enough. And again, I think our last two episodes are going to stand out on their own in terms of like the quality, like this is season two. This is the best season that even as we sort of talked about the, the middle episode, the renter episodes are still highly watchable. And even, you know, Agatha Rip that I binned, you know, it's still kind of lumped in here in terms of a great season, but, you know, comparing it to the seeing what we've got coming in the next two episodes, I, I just think that this has to be a renter just based on that. Yeah, it's a hard one for me because um, I don't think there's any kind of like big storyline stuff that really sticks out as being hugely important. Um, having said that, there's some like two big massive kind of scenes and in, in terms of you know well acted scenes um, that I think are really important to the show um, and, and kind of just really showcase how good these actors are. Um, so I mean, it's a bit of a toss up for me. I mean, I, I am going to chuck it in the buy category, but it's, oh. a, it's a it's a barely buy. It's you know it's, it's a barely <laughs> buy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we've got a three three tier system, so I can't really do that. But it's we've you got know, a three hundred tier system. We just stick to the three. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I do really enjoy this episode, and I think I I do like my my thing. I always come back to is is it important? Like if you were going to just do a let's just watch the ones that are important to taking the story forwards. I think this is one you kind of have to watch, and not only do you kind of have to watch it, it's it's um, it, it is a good watch. Like a, a enjoyable is not quite the right word, I don't think, but it's a you know you'll get a, a lot, you'll get a lot of good acting out of this. Um, the storyline kind of ticks along. Um, I don't think there's too much kind of frivolous stuff in this one, which is probably what we were talking about with, um, you know, in the Una Wentworth episode where there's kind of some, you know, some some frivolous, funny stuff going on. There isn't a lot of that. So I'm kind of the guy that likes the more serious episodes, and, and this is one of the more serious ones. So, yeah, it's a, it's a buy for me. It's the first time you bought one uh, since uh, episode nine of this season, Nick, and uh, the right. first time since episode seven of season one that you have bought and I've rented. So there what? you go. There's some stats for you. Okay, I'm glad you're keeping us up to date on these things. It's important. You're welcome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's been fun talking this one through and really, really looking forward to the next episode because um, if I'm going to be spoiler alert on that one, that, that is one of my favourite episodes of the whole show. 
um, I really love the next episode. So you can you can write down what my one's going to be already. I think. Um, it's definitely I think Bennett then clearly. So yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I, I, there's so much to go through there. Obviously, the Carver stuff kind of kicking in. Um, I, you know, I think there's there's also the stuff. Where I think the, the Christian storyline in the next one is really really cool. Um, you know, it's a hard watch, but I think it's really well acted. And you know, any time that you get a Christian centric kind of storyline where he's kind of acting as acting his guts out you're gonna love it so yeah there's there's lots to love in that next episode i hope you're looking forward to it as much as i am well gene is back so you know we're gonna love the next episode <laughs> yeah. uh just yeah. uh, to spoil it there gene is back uh we we get to meet quinton uh i like quinton i'll be interested to hear your takes on quinton he's an interesting character kind of sticks around for a little bit yeah. um so we get to meet him for the first time and um yeah the carver stuff really amps up from this point on so i think kind of uh, we've had a bit of a touch. We're touching that earlier. This kind of is a real part of the concluding part of this season, and obviously it's going to be the the main part of season three. But um, yeah, it's definitely uh, I I'm with you pretty much on everything you say there. It's a great episode. Uh, I'm probably going to be in the same category as you when we come to rating it. But I, I think these last two episodes are just it might be the strongest conclusion to any season of Nip Tuck. Um, I mean, the, I love the final episode too. I think maybe season three's finale is up there in terms of strongness. I mean, obviously last seasons we like the finale, but um, I know I'm jumping ahead two episodes here, but I just think the last two episodes are very strong episodes and uh, really solidifies this as a, such a great season of not only Nip Tuck, but of television in general. Yeah, I don't think you're you're jumping ahead too much because I think it is a little bit of a part one, part two type of thing. Um, so I think we're kind of going into like a double feature um, for the next couple of episodes. So yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying there. Um, it's going to be interesting for me because it's the first time since, I don't think I've re-watched these episodes since I knew who the Carver was, if you know what I mean. So it's, it's the first time I'm retrospectively going back, knowing who the Carver is as I watch it. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of what that reveals to me. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that's watching along with us. But who, who is the yeah. carver? Who? Who? Yeah, well, I, it's um, it's, it's, it's Annie. It's the it's the <laughs> chef from from um, Sesame Street. Yes. No, from the Muppet. The Muppet. <laughs> there was a chef in Sesame Street. What? <laughs> the same basic show. Yeah, you know, I know what you mean. <laughs> But no, it's uh, it's been good. Enjoy talking through. Um, follow us, like us, and all the usual places. Um, give us some feedback, rate us on iTunes, all that fun stuff. But uh, we're we're always keen to hear what you think about these episodes. So if you if you got some thoughts for us, then then fire them through because we would really like to hear what you what you what you think about these episodes and and what your feedback might be as well. So uh, you know, I think that's that's all for us for now. Um, so um, it's been fun. I'm Nick, and uh, you you've done a lot worse. And my name is Ben, and if you have a sexual urge, masturbate. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.